Dwight Howard wants to join the Sacramento Kings? It's actually not a bad idea. Does this mean that the Kings are becoming a free agency destination? Let's discuss right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all off-season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC10 News. And over the course of... Last season, one of the major question marks for the Sacramento Kings, and certainly early on in the season, a major talking point was who is going to play the backup center for the Kings? That was clearly a position that Mike Brown didn't solidify at any point over the course of the season. He tried Rashawn Holmes. He tried Chemezi Metu. He tried Alex Len. Trey Lyles got playing time as a small ball five. That spot, the Kings never truly had a permanent answer for, and that was made perfectly clear with who played that position against the Golden State Warriors in the in the seven-game uh, opening round playoff series. Trey Lyles got some time at the small ball five. Alex Len went from not playing at all at the beginning of the series to playing a decent amount of minutes towards the end. That position was never solidified. So ideally, it's not the top of the to-do list for Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings this offseason. It's not necessarily a massive priority, but ideally the Kings would like to try and address that this offseason and go into next year with a sound belief that they have found their backup center. Now, there are still likely going to be backup center options from last year on the team this year. In particular, I'm talking about Rashawn Holmes mainly as all likelihood suggests Rashawn is going to remain a Sacramento King simply because he has negative value because of his contract. Like that's just the reality of the situation. While I do believe Rashawn Holmes is a serviceable big, I do believe he's a serviceable center. And if you went to the right system, if you went to the right place, he could find playing time and find his fit. Here in Sacramento, it just doesn't seem to be that anymore, which is a shame because Rashawn is an, a, a tremendous guy. Uh, and has worked really, really hard, earned the contract that he got with how well he played for the Sacramento Kings uh, in, in the past. However, those were as starter uh, as a starter on bad teams, and with the Kings being a good team this year, Rashawn couldn't consistently find his spot on the team. I expect Rashawn to still be around, but I don't think he's the long-term answer uh, as their backup center, or else he probably would have solidified that last season. I hope the Sacramento Kings bring back Trey Lyles, and he wants to be here. I think that's a should be a, close to a top priority for the Kings to bring Trey Lyles back. I don't think he's going to cost a lot. He's a perfect fit for the Sacramento Kings. If you want to use him as a small ball five going forward, I don't hate the idea. However, it's very matchup specific. So that's not necessarily a ideal scenario, but that's a that's a good scenario for the Sacramento Kings. If they rolled into next season and that was how they addressed their backup center issue, at least going into training camp, I'd feel pretty decent about it. But they still, even if that's the plan, they need to use, simply because they have a boatload of roster spots um, that they need to fill, they need to use a roster spot to bring in another potential backup big. 
That could be Nemeus Keita bringing him back. That could be Alex Len bringing him back, although I think that's pretty likely. Or it could be used potentially on Dwight Howard. Now, this uh, this news broke yesterday uh, from Mark Haynes of the Sacramento Observer. Dwight Howard told Mark Haynes in an interview that he would love to help the Sacramento Kings contend for a title. I also thought it was interesting, though. Part of the quote he said was he thinks the team is pretty much set at this point, which he's right. Like the, this team, this core is set. I think Dwight knows that if he were to come to Sacramento, he would not be part of the Kings core. He would just be an addition. And, and I like, I look at like, look at the Denver Nuggets right now, right? They have DeAndre Jordan on their roster. Now, DeAndre Jordan knows signing with Denver, he's not going to play and he's not going to be the, a, a major piece there because Nikola Jokic is there, right? So DeAndre Jordan knows that his job as a veteran is to stay ready, to be ready when his number is called, but also to help the team in practice, help the team in the locker room. I see kind of a similar role for Dwight Howard. However, I think Dwight Howard would actually get a decent, chunk of playing time if he were to sign with the Sacramento Kings. Last year, he played in Taiwan. He averaged 23 points and 16 rebounds a game in Taiwan. You can take those numbers and basically throw them out the window. Like, it's good to see that he's still able to put up numbers. He's doing it in in, in Taiwan, not the NBA. No disrespect to Taiwan and their professional leagues over there. I'm sure they have some talented players. It's not the NBA. Dwight Howard is not going to come back to the NBA and put up 23 and 16. Dwight Howard's not going to come back to the NBA and, and put up 10 and 10. He's not going to average that. Maybe he'll have games like that every once in a while. That's not what he's going to do. He's at the point in his career where he is a, I think he's like 36, 37 years old, something like that. So he's getting up there in age. His job is to simply hold down a spot. And I'll talk about what his role would be, in my opinion, in Sacramento uh, here in just a little bit. But let's look at more accurate numbers for the NBA. Let's look at what he did in his last season in the NBA, which was with the Los Angeles Lakers in 2021-2022. He averaged six points and six rebounds, also less than a block, like 0.6 of a block per game in 16 minutes per game. He played 60 games for the Lakers in that season, uh, started in like a handful of them, like 17 or something like that. Had 36 total blocks in those 60 games. He did shoot 53% from three-point range, which I saw that number. I was like, whoa. But then I looked at the numbers and he shot eight of 15, which is still good. Like if you get eight three-pointers from Dwight Howard in 15 attempts over the course of a regular season. I'm not complaining about that at all. Uh, and in terms of like player efficiency rating, he's slightly above average. The average player efficiency rating is 15. He's in the 18s, or he was in the 18s when he was with the Los Angeles Lakers. So slightly above average efficiency uh, from a player. Would you like to see that a little bit higher? Of course. But ultimately, from a role player, it's not that big of a deal. Now, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers weren't nearly as good as they were when he helped them win a championship a few years earlier when he was part of the bubble Los Angeles Lakers team. Um, but what would his role on the Sacramento Kings be? Simply put, rebounding, setting uh, or establishing a presence in the paint defensively. I would like to see him average a block per game if he can do it, but like he would, he would protect the rim, establish a defensive presence in the paint, and then he would set screens offensively for the Sacramento Kings. You're not going to run him in the post too much. You're not going to use him the same way you used him onto Sabonis. Like if Dwight Howard is in the game, it's when Sabonis is out of the game. There's no way that Sabonis and Howard are in the game at the same time. I think we can agree on that, right? So Dwight Howard's job is to fill the 10 to 15 minutes a game that DeMontis Sabonis isn't as a center or isn't playing, that he's taking a break, right? That he's taking a breather. He needs a little bit of rest, right? So when Dwight Howard comes in, the Kings are not playing the same way. 
their system is still going to be variably the same. Like he can still set off ball screens for uh, catch and shoot shooters like Keegan Murray and uh, uh, Kevin Herter. He'll set picks for Malik Monk or De'Aaron Fox to help them attack the basket, but they're not playing through Dwight Howard in the high post the same way they play through uh, DeMontis Sabonis in the high post or on the perimeter. Like that's not going to happen. His role is simply to crash the boards, help with rebounding, which he would do protect the paint, which in theory he would do. And again, set screens uh, for Kings perimeter players. Truth be told, I don't hate this idea at all. At all. I like it because Dwight Howard is not going to cost you a lot to get back in. He might get the vet minimum, maybe a little bit more than that. Like he's not going to have a ton of suitors because nobody wanted him last year. Dwight Howard is an extremely low risk, average reward player. Why not? Like why not go out and get Dwight Howard? He does what the Sacramento Kings potentially, or he, I should say he potentially does what the Sacramento Kings need in spot minutes. Now they need it for all 48 minutes from other top guys. They're not going to expect that out of Dwight Howard. And they're not going to be paying for that with bringing Dwight Howard in. I have seen other people say, well, if you're interested in Dwight Howard, what about DeMarcus Cousins? I hear that too. Like I'm personally not a big fan of bringing DeMarcus Cousins back because DeMarcus Cousins' skill set is not something the Kings necessarily need unless they're still hyper-focused on the offensive end. If they want perimeter shooting, if they want scoring, if they want decent passing, yeah, DeMarcus Cousins is an option. Rebounding, somewhat. I'd say I think Dwight Howard is a better rebounder than DeMarcus Cousins at this point in his career. Dwight Howard is definitely a better defensive player than DeMarcus Cousins at this point in his career. That's what I'm interested in. So I'm, I'm personally choosing Dwight Howard over DeMarcus Cousins. I don't know how if how you feel in that situation. But again, we're talking about two guys that are going to be playing spot mids. Some games they're not going to play based off of matchups. Like let's say the Kings bring Trey Lyles back and Dwight Howard is here. There are going to be games based off of matchups. Let's say they play the Warriors again. It's going to be Trey Lyles playing the five, the small ball five. Dwight Howard's not going to be in there at that time. So again, we're not talking about someone who's going to come in and command a major role. Give him a roster spot. Let him be a veteran presence. He's a goofball. We know that. He, he, I, I'm, I'm confident in his ability to mesh with this Kings team, to mesh with uh, Mike Brown and his coaching staff. Like, I say, why not? Why not? To give you an idea, here's a, just another variety of other free agency centers that are potentially available. And this goes from like A-tier free agents um, or close to A-tier free agents and, and starters in the league to players who are kind of like Dwight, essentially spot minute role players. Brooke Lopez, Nas Reed, who I know a lot of you are really, uh, 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 he, you like that idea. Andre Drummond, who kind of would do the same thing as Dwight Howard, is a little bit younger, I believe, and has been in the league more recently. Bismack Biombo, rebounding, shot blocking, that's really all he does. Kevin Love, who would more space the floor, be more offensive, kind of, again, more of a small ball five. I don't think Kevin Love necessarily makes sense because you're going to bring Trey Lyles back. I'm just including that in the list of available centers in free agency that the Kings would target instead of going after a Dwight Howard. There's good names on that list. They're going to call all, the majority of them are going to cost more than Dwight. I say bring, I, I say give it a shot. Like, I, I would not hate it at all. If Monty decides, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go a different direction. I trust him completely. And I'm not going to be like, oh, damn it. You missed an opportunity to bring in Dwight Howard. It's not that big of a deal. But there's, I would think, very little to no reason to be bothered if the Sacramento Kings were to bring in Dwight. 
Now, of course, this is Dwight saying he would like to join the team, not the Kings saying they have interest. That's a big distinction. And that's going to be something that we're going to touch on again here in our next segment because I want to talk about if Sacramento is becoming a free agency destination based off what happened last season. We'll get into that in just a second after I tell you more about a great sponsor here of the Locked on Kings podcast. I'm talking, of course, about game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, whether you're going to a game, you're going to a concert, you're going to a, a, a Broadway show in the theater or whatever it may be. You can get killer deals on last-minute tickets at game time. Last minute is a, a big point to hit on. Like sometimes we can't or we don't know if we're going to be free enough or able to go to the events. Like now being a parent, like I have to make plans sometimes the day of or massively in advance. And if you're buying tickets massively in advance, sometimes they're they're premium priced because they're first released and they're trying to set the um they're trying to set the market value. And then sometimes last minute tickets can be way too expensive because all that's left over is the tickets that people didn't want to pay for or people are trying to resell for a premium. So sometimes in, th in those two windows, it's really tough. Well, at game time, you can get exclusive flash deals on last-minute tickets. Like, for example, I bought day-of tickets to go see a San Francisco Giants night game uh, when I was in San Francisco covering the Kings and Warriors playoff series. And I got $30 tickets, like 20 rows up behind the Giants dugout. It was a last minute flash deal. Those seats are normally going for like 65, 70 bucks. And on top of that, they have the game time guarantee, which means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. Is Sacramento now a free agency destination simply because the Kings are a playoff team? Simple answer is no. Like, as great as it is to read an article from a player as prominent and recognizable as Dwight Howard, even though who Dwight Howard is today is not who he was in his Superman dunk contest Orlando Magic days, right? It's cool. It's fun to know that there are players out there that want to join the Sacramento Kings. But you also have to understand, Dwight Howard wants to get back in the league. <laughs> like Dwight's going to say nice things about any team if he has a chance to play for that team. Dwight Howard wants to get back to the NBA. He wants one more hurrah, one more NBA run. I don't blame him. So he's saying nice things about the Sacramento Kings. It works on me. Makes me feel good. But like we're not talking about guys lining up, prominent names lining up to want to play in Sacramento. Like, they're more attractive than they were. The Kings are absolutely a million times more attractive than they were. And I'm going to list to you the most attractive attributes for the Sacramento Kings to a free agent in just a second. But for me, when it comes to like A-tier free agents, we're talking about the cream of the crop type free agents. I'll believe it when I see it. Do the Kings have a better chance today than they had last summer at attracting an A-tier free agent? Yes. Is it marginal? Probably. This is still Sacramento. So as much as we want to have optimistic, hopeful, wishful thinking about the Kings making big free agency splashes, which they should absolutely continue to try to do. If Monty wants to try and take a big swing, he has the money to do it. It's out there and it makes sense. He can go for it. Financially, they're probably not really in a position to do anything like that because they have to think about paying DeMontis a bonus. 
They have to make a decision on Harrison Barnes. They have Malik Monk's contract coming up at the end of next year. They have to keep uh, their books open for a Keegan Murray extension eventually. Like this is all things that they have to keep in mind. So, I mean, I'm I'm very confident in saying that the Kings are not going to be signing an A-tier free agent in uh, this offseason. And I'm okay with that. I don't think the Sacramento Kings necessarily have to. And I'll give you an example of like A-tier free agents that are available this offseason. James Harden, Chris Middleton, Kyrie Irving, Draymond Green, Fred Van Vliet. Like those are just some examples of A-tier free agents that are potentially available. Now, a lot of those guys are probably just going to go back to their former teams and accept their player options or whatever it may be, yada, yada, yada. Regardless, like that's the tier. That's the level. Are the Sacramento Kings attracting, suddenly super attractive to those players? No, I don't think so. It's just the reality of the situation. I'll believe it when I see it. When they attract one of those guys and bring one of those guys to Sacramento and those guys decide to sign, then I'll be like, okay, this is different. Until then, I won't believe it. However, the right, and that's an important word, the right B-tier free agents, the right B-tier free agents should want to play here. And here's the most attractive reasons why the right B-tier free agent. When I talk about B-tier, I'm talking like, if it's a starter, it's a role-playing starter, like Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is a B-tier free agent. If it's a role player, it's a really good role player. The most attractive attributes for the Sacramento Kings to attract these guys, number one is their style of play. Offensively, the way the Sacramento Kings play, players want to play in that kind of system. It's fun. You're going to get opportunities. It's fast-paced. You're going to score. You share the basketball. Like The Sacramento Kings' most attractive attribute to any free agent is their offense and their style of play. Number two, I think, is Mike Brown on this coaching staff. I think Mike Brown has a tremendous reputation around the league. Players like to play for Mike Brown. I also could kind of add like De'Aaron Fox specifically and maybe DeMontis Sabonis specifically if we're talking about individuals who players want to play with. Why wouldn't you want to play with Fox? Why wouldn't you want to play with DeMontis Sabonis, especially if you're a a player like a Kevin Herter or a catch-and-shoot guy or somebody who uh, likes to play off the ball and get opportunities? DeMontis Sabonis will find you. So there's those reasons. And then team chemistry. And this kind of fits into what I was just talking about, but like the the photos after the game with the DPOG chain, the lighting of the beam, the uh the uh just how close this team was and how much they enjoyed playing together. Like players want to be a part of that. That's one of the major reactions. in fact from what he's told us, that's the main reason why Trey Lyles wants to stay here in Sacramento is because of the chemistry and he talked about how De'Aaron Fox like invited him out to dinner and, and and would go out to dinner with him and and how he got so close with a lot of his teammates and stuff like that. Like he brought that up in his postseason press conference interview. That's an attractive reason for especially journeyman players to want to join the Sacramento Kings. Now, B tier free agents, you're not going to attract a bunch of them. But the right one or two could be the difference that the Sacramento Kings are looking for, assuming they keep their core together. Maybe Harrison Barnes is one of them. Maybe Nas Reed is the other one. I'm going to give you in the next segment a couple of B-tier free agent options. And I'm going to give you a choice between two hypotheticals and which one you would prefer. So stick around for that. We're going to wrap up today's episode with a little bit of a, like a, would you rather, right? And here's what I'm presenting to you. This is like your options. You can choose one of them. 
And what I want from you is I'm going to give you some examples of, of these scenarios. So you have an idea of like what I'm talking about. When you pick one, share with me which one you're picking and then share with me the example that you present. So it'll make more sense when I explain it. So here, here it is. Pick one for this offseason for the Sacramento Kings. A high-risk blockbuster trade or a choice of a B-tier free agent at a reasonable price. Your choice of B-tier, that guy absolutely signs with the Sacramento Kings for a reasonable price. It's not an overpay. Or a big splash blockbuster trade that the Sacramento Kings make, a massive swing that could have long-term repercussions and has some risk to it. Let me give you two examples. Here's an example trade. The high-risk blockbuster trade that I came up with. The Kings make a deal for Jalen Brown. It's going to cost them role players. It's going to cost them a boatload of draft picks. For this scenario, I'm saying it doesn't cost them their stars in De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. Maybe it costs Keegan Murray, Davion Mitchell, one of Malik Monk and Kevin Hurdle. Not all these guys, but I'm just listing guys that could be moved in this trade. Plus like two or three future first round picks. The risk is that Jalen Brown is only under contract for one more year and could walk. Then suddenly you're going into an offseason where you have to pay both DeMontis Sabonis and Jalen Brown, which is doable, but there's the risk, right? So there's your example trade, but you get Jalen Brown. And I think Jalen Brown would be literally perfect for the Sacramento Kings. So that's my example trade. Or my example B-tier free agents, either Josh Hart or Nas Reed. You pick them, either one of those guys, they're coming to Sacramento at a reasonable price. I know a lot of people like both of those names. But in this scenario, we're just talking about one. You're, you can't get two, just one. Which one are you choosing? The high-value, high-risk blockbuster trade or the B-tier free agent of your choice at a reasonable price? Whichever side you choose, give me either that free agent or give me that trade. Send those to me, at Sack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. As much as I love Jalen Brown, as much as I love it, I'm going with the B-tier free agent of my choice, and I'm picking Nas Reed because I think Nas Reed would be excellent for the Sacramento Kings. I think he's your starting four. You move Keegan over to the three. You could say bye-bye to Harrison if you want, or you could bring Nas Reed off the bench and have Harrison back and have Harrison and Keegan start again like you were, or you could have Harrison coming off the bench and have Keegan and Nas Reed starting. It gives you options. Like I, I And I'm going to do a podcast in the future uh, with um, the Locked on Timberwolves podcast, and we're going to talk about Nas Reed and, and his likelihood to re-sign with the Timberwolves and their interest in him. I'm going to do that hopefully next week. I think we're working on scheduling that um, for next week. But I'm choosing Nods Reed, and I'm choosing the choice of B-tier free agent. Again, let me know what you choose. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on a potential Dwight Howard signing. I would love to hear your thoughts on the Kings uh, or in Sacramento becoming a free agency destination, what you think on that. Send those to me. Really appreciate your support as always. If you could, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. You're wonderful. Um, if you, you are an audio listener, if you could go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, hit five stars, and you can leave a little custom review of why you listen to the podcast, why you like the podcast. We try and get you through with almost daily episodes, getting you through this off season, right? 
it's a long, sometimes boring, rough time, even though free agency is coming and the draft is coming and stuff like that. Compared to the regular season, it can it can drag. We try and get you through it here on Locked on Kings. Uh, so if you could leave a review, that would help out a ton. YouTube watchers, if you could hit subscribe, turn on the notification bell, uh, comment and, and share this podcast with uh, your fellow Kings fans or just basketball fans. I really would appreciate that too. It helps us out a ton. And of course, keep tuning in, keep listening. We will get through this off season together. If you have any topics specifically that you would like to, uh, for me to discuss or to go in detail on, you can send those to me as well. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. <laughs>